This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So we're finishing up our series called Closer, and this series is kind of intertwined with our 21 days of prayer, and the whole goal was to be able to create uh, a series and communicate a sermon and, and a series that would be able to kind of help us get closer to God. And so during our 21 days of prayer, we've been praying, we've been reading the Word of God, and our series Closer has been about worship, kind of the, another element of bringing us into the presence of God and, and getting us closer to Him. So a quick recap, in week number one, we talked about what God really wants. And uh, God understands that we all worship something, and worship is our response to what we value. And we understand, God understands that we all worship or that we all value things, but what he wants is he wants to be number one. He wants to be the most important, and so that's what he wants. And, and us putting him number one is, is our way to worship him, is a way to, to show him that we worship and value him. And then in part two, we learned about the, uh, we talked about how heaven is structured and how there are three elements to heaven. There are three VPs, three archangels, and Lucifer was one of the archangels. And when he was kicked out of heaven, there was a void left in heaven. And then God said, all right, I have a plan, and he created humanity to replace that void left in heaven. So we were created, you and I were created to be heaven's worship leaders and to replace the void left by the archangel Lucifer. And so that brings us to last week, part three, and our title was Express It. And we said, all right, we know what we're supposed to do. We know why we were created. We're supposed to put him number one. We were created to worship him, but how? How do we do that? And we talked about expressing it, and we talked about um, worship is our expression of love to him. So worship is how we express the fact that we love him and care about him. And we talked about the seven words of worship that are used in the book of Psalms. Anybody remember those words? Remember one or two of them? Everybody remembers tequila, right? Because that was the one that sounded like tequila. And like, oh yeah, that's the one that makes people sing, like tequila does. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay to remember that one. So you, you, you tequila'd the Lord just a few minutes ago today, okay? So as we wrap up our 21 days, my prayer and hope is that you've had an opportunity to get closer to God, to, uh, to experience him. And, and today what we're going to talk about is if you have had the 21 days to develop this habit, we're talking about what you've experienced. Because I know for a fact that you can't go 21 days without, or you can't go 21 days of praying and reading God's word without experiencing something awesome and miraculous happening in your life. So we're going to talk about what that is. If you haven't been committed to 21 days and you've been, yeah, I just kind of been doing it and I'll pray here or there, my hope and prayer is that today what we talk about will, will motivate and, 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 and encourage you to focus on spending 21 days of prayer and creating that habit in your life, that personal time in your life of getting back on track and getting closer to him. So today we're finishing part four of our series called Closer and our title is In His Presence There Is dot, dot, dot. Everybody say dot, dot, dot. So Pastor Manny was in here in the uh, middle service. He's not in here today uh, for the third service. He's teaching growth track. But uh, Pastor Manny, we text back and forth a lot. And one of the things that like just gets all over him that, that, that he, he, he gets frustrated with is that I use dot, dot, dot in my text messages. And he's always like, why are you using dot, dot, dot? You don't need to use dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, well, because there's a continuation. Like there's something else I want to communicate. And then what really threw him off today in first service, he saw the, the graph. He's like, why'd you put a dot, dot, dot on your graphic? Like, you can't put that on there. It's not how it works. And, well, there's a reason for the dot, dot, dot. So just hang out with me, and we'll explain what the dot, dot, dot means. And I'm going to see how many times I can say dot, dot, dot before the end of our service, because obviously I've said like 50. 
But, uh, you know, I enjoy meeting people. It's something I'm really passionate about doing and thoroughly enjoy doing. And sometimes you meet people that are just really, really awesome people. Like in your conversations with them, you leave your conversation or reaction or your, your interaction with them and you feel encouraged and, and you feel uplifted and you've laughed. And those, those people are life givers and they, they just make you feel great and you leave the conversation feeling good. There are some people who are life trainers and we have to be careful and, and pick and choose when we have interactions with them. But overall, I enjoy meeting life givers. I enjoy people who, who make me laugh, who make me feel good when I leave the conversation and the the relationship and the interaction well the same is true for God our interaction with God God is the ultimate life giver not just in a in a in a creation and spiritual sense but in a in a daily sense and living our life every day God speaks to us and God God interacts with us and, and can give us the encouragement that we need to have amazing days and so as we talk about today, you know, in his presence there is dot, dot, dot. We're talking about kind of the benefits of worship and the benefits of interaction and a relationship with God. You know, if, you, if you're needing some peace, you can have that in interaction with God, in a relationship with God. If you need some joy, some strength, some rejuvenation, some restoration, you can have all these things for four payments of nineteen ninety five. And all you have to do is call 777-777-7777 and it's all yours. This is not a cheesy infomercial, don't worry. These are true, real-life things that can happen with interaction, with a relationship with God. You want some joy? Psalm 1611 says, you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Interaction, relationship with God equals joy. You want some rest? You tired? You weary? Exodus 33.14 says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And his presence there is rest. You need some peace. Chaos in life and struggles and all kinds of things. Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. What do they do? They comfort me. There's the peace that I need. You need some strength and rejuvenation. You've just been beat down by life and, and feeling weary and worn. Some strength and rejuvenation. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, in the Hebrew, that word wait doesn't mean like cross your legs and sit on the couch and put your feet up. That word means to be bound together. And so if you are bound together with the Lord, if you have an interaction and a close relationship with him, he will give you strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, and you'll walk and not faint. As you hear all that, my hope is that that motivates you and kind of makes you excited about having a close relationship and getting closer to God. And so for the past three weeks, we've talked about worship and, and, and what to do and kind of how to do it. So let's dive in and find out what the benefits of a relationship with God, of being close with God are. You can experience these promises, these things we've just talked about. You can experience those in God's presence. Wait a second, time out. In God's presence, what, what does that mean? Like, I've heard that. I grew up in church. I heard the word God's presence like a million times per service. And I always kind of got confused by the words God's presence. Well, what do you mean by that, God's presence? Well, I would hear people say, God's present, God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at all times and, and I can never run away from him and he's always here. But then I would people, hear people say, like worship leaders or, or pastors say, let's enter into the presence of God. And I'm like, all right, time out, confusion. Let's, let's clear this. If he's omnipresent, how can I enter into his presence? If he's everywhere, it, it just confused me. And so I took a step back, and thankfully God has kind of helped me understand a little bit more about how his presence works and, and what this means. And I kind of like to break that down just real quick as we move in uh, further along in the sermon, in that there are really two kind of thoughts and views 
that we're going to talk about today with regards to the presence of God. Number one is the omnipresence of God. Omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at all times. He's here right now. When I leave and walk out the door, he's going to be there. When I get in the car, when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm getting dressed, when I'm at work, when I'm doing my hobbies, passions, his presence is there. He is there. He is everywhere at all times. Psalms 139.7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Basically saying, I can't get away from it. Your presence is everywhere. There is no getting away. Well, sometimes we try to hide ourselves from God's presence. We try to get, we try to, you know, sneak away because let me put it this way. Uh, we talked about my miniature snouser, Bailey, a couple weeks ago in service. Well, she's a great dog. She really is a good dog. I love her. She's, she's good. But there's one thing that she does that just kind of gets all over me, kind of rubs me the wrong way. She digs in the trash. Like, she realized as she got older that as uh, people, we throw food away, and she smelt that food and would go dig in the trash. So we had this black plastic trash can, and that you just, you could, you pick the lid up and put the trash in, but of course it was real flimsy. And so she figured out how to knock the trash can over and pull the, the lid off and dig into the trash. So we're like, all right, we're smarter than you, dog. We're going to figure this out, you know? So Catherine and I went to Walmart and bought, you know, one of the metal trash cans, the round ones, the heavy-duty ones that doesn't have the lid on top, but you got to, like, step down, and then the lid's kind of, like, recessed, and it comes up. So we're like, all right, we got you. You're not going to get this. Well, we come home one day, and there's trash all over the kitchen floor. And I'm like, seriously? How did this dog figure this out? We have a genius dog on our hands, all right? Do we need to take her, like, you know, figure out what's going on? Maybe she's smarter than we thought. Well, she is smarter than we thought because we caught her one day. And what does she do? She puts her back legs on the little step, puts the lid up, and gets her snout just enough over the top of the lid to be able to pull the trash out and spread it all over the house and make a mess. Well, of course... I walk in the door, see the trash on the ground, and what's my first response? Bailey! And then she knows that she's in trouble, and what does she do? She goes and tries to hide from me, and I have to go chasing her down and looking for her, and thankfully I found one of her hiding spots, and then we, you know, anyway, she goes and hides. Well, the same thing happens sometimes for us in our connection and our relationship with God. We know that God is omnipresent, but we try to go hide from his presence. We tried to get away from it. Well, the reality is he's omnipresent and he's everywhere. We can't hide from his omnipresence. Adam and Eve are a perfect example of this. They're in the garden. What do they do? They take a bite of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They sin. They realize what's going on. And the Bible says that they hid themselves from the presence of God. They weren't hiding from the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God is everywhere at all times. We cannot hide from it. We cannot get away from it. If we do something wrong, we make a mistake, we try to hide, we can't because God's omnipresence is there at all times. So that's kind of the first understanding of of God's presence. It's omnipresent. The second is the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is not everywhere. It's not following us around. It's, It's not in all places. The manifest presence of God is the representation, is the activated presence of God in a time, a season, a certain location, or a certain place. Exodus thirty-three fifteen says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses is saying, Hey God, if your manifest presence isn't going with us, then I ain't going because I need your manifest presence with me wherever I go. And so we have kind of the omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. And the closer we are to God, the more we get to experience the manifest presence of God. So let's talk about what the manifest presence of God is and how it works and how we get into the manifest presence of God and how we experience or activate the manifest presence of God. Let's, look at, let's think about it like this. Let's pretend there's a multi-billionaire in the room today. There may actually be a multi-billionaire. And if there is, please come say hi to me after church. I'd like to get to know you. Remember how I like to meet people? I like to meet multi-billionaires. So 
Let's pretend there's a multi-billionaire in the church. And this multi-billionaire is sitting here. And his presence is among us. His presence is in the room with us. But once that multi-billionaire does something that only he can do, and he gets up and he starts writing million-dollar checks to everybody. Can I get an amen? Anybody want a million-dollar check? And he starts writing million-dollar checks to everybody. That is the manifestation of the multi-billionaire's presence in the room. God's presence is everywhere. His omnipresence is everywhere. But then his manifest presence gets activated and comes to work and does what only God can do in a certain season, setting, time, or location. So let's talk about how do we activate the manifest presence of God? How do we get into the manifest presence of God? How does it, how does it work? Well, I, I enjoy seeing movies. I enjoy taking my girls, my daughters, to see movies. And when we go see movies, we walk in, we have the big old thing of popcorn, and we spend like 30 bucks on a bucket of popcorn, and $15 worth of it is on the floor after the time we're done, and it's just chaos, and there's popcorn everywhere. I think that's why they keep the lights low until after you leave, so you don't look on the floor and instantly come depressed at how much popcorn is on the floor, how much money is on the floor. But you get your popcorn, you have your Coke, and you have everything in your arms, and you, you're, you're trying to walk into the movie, and the, the, the little guy there with the, at the, the entrance of the theater stops you and says, hey, I need your ticket. Well, you've purchased your ticket. You have a paper ticket. What does he do? He rips half of it, puts it in the box, and then he gives you the rest of the ticket and gives you access to the movie to go watch your movie. This is true for the, for the manifest presence of God. There has to be something. You have to have a ticket to access the manifest presence of God. You have to have a ticket to get into the manifest presence of God where God's benefits and blessings are. That ticket is what we've been talking about for the past three weeks. That ticket is worship. Worship is your ticket to access the manifest presence of God. Worship is our ticket. And there's a scripture, um, there's a scripture in Psalms chapter 100 verse 4 that's used to support this thought a lot. And it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, give him thank, or give thanks to him and praise his name. And it's true, it is a great scripture, and it does apply to this to a degree, but when we talked about, like what we talked about last week, when you, when you read the context of the scripture, what's before and what's after, it gives you a better insight into what the scripture is saying. So let's back up. Let's read Psalms chapter 100. Yes, I'm going to read the entire chapter to you, but don't worry, it's only five verses, okay? So it won't be that long. Verse 1 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Those seven words for last week, of those seven words, four of them are mentioned in this verse. The seven word styles of worship, are four of them are mentioned in Psalms chapter 100 verses 1 and 2. And so it starts with us speaking God's love language. It starts with us halaling God or, or yadahing God or, or shabaking God or tahila in God, singing vocally to him. It starts with us doing those things. And that's why we put worship at the beginning of a worship service. That's why Ricardo was out here leading us in worship today. Because many of us will come into the presence of God, or we'll come into a church on Sunday morning. We'll take our time and, and we'll, we'll focus on God and we'll worship and we'll do these things and we'll experience the manifest presence of God. But then there'll be some of us that come in the doors that don't want to do that because we've had a rough week or because we're just not in the mood and we don't really want to do it. And we'll miss out on the manifest presence of God, the benefits of worshiping God, the, the two-way relationship him giving back to us, we'll miss out on that because we didn't take the time to show him his love language. No worship equals no ticket. If we don't worship, we don't get a ticket to the manifest presence of God. Ricardo isn't here leading worship for us today to manifest God's presence for us. It doesn't happen that way. 
the worship team, Pastor Denora, Stacy, when they're up here leading and, and the band and the singers, they're not manifesting God's presence for us. They're leading us into manifestation, leading us into the place of the manifestation of God's presence. They're making it easier for us. For example, I like to sing loud. I'm not a very good singer. Ricardo singing loud makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot better for me to sing loud and you guys not to have to hear me. I am a jailhouse singer. Not like I, I sing and like Paul and Silas and, and the walls fall down and the gates are open because you know, I'm such a good singer. Like I'm always behind a few bars looking for a key, jailhouse singer. <laughs> Sorry, I just I had to do it. I like my cheesy, I like my cheesy preacher jokes. It's easier to clap, it's easier to shout, it's easier to, to dance and look foolish, clamorously foolish. Remember the word Hallel? says to look clamorously foolish. It's easier for me to stand over there and dance and sway back and forth and look clamorously foolish because, you know, everybody else is doing it too. That's, that's the general idea. And so these worship, worship leaders, that's why they're called worship leaders, are here to lead us into worship, into corporate worship together to activate the manifest presence of God and make it known in the room. So let's continue on. So that's Psalms 101 and 2. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So that takes us all the way back to week number one where we're putting God first. We understand that God is Lord. Like he's number one. He is the Lord of my life. I'm surrendering my life to him. So when we surrender our life to him and make him number one and we show him his love language and express it to him, these two things together Activate the manifest presence of God, which leads us into verse number four, where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So we understand that verse four, his gate, his courts, entering into his gates and into his courts is where his presence resides, where the manifest presence of God is. So by doing verse one and two and three gives us access to the manifest presence of God, where we get to experience the benefits of a relationship with him. And then verse 5, probably my favorite, it says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Why is that my favorite? Because that's a quick description of the benefits of a genuine, real relationship with God. The benefits of being in the manifest presence of God. We have his love endures forever. He is good. He gives good gifts to us. And his faithfulness continues through all the generations when we're in his presence, when we're in the manifest presence of God. The problem is that some of us only get to experience this on Sunday mornings. Some of us only have this interaction, only experience the manifest presence of God on a Sunday morning, but that is not God's plan at all. God's plan is for us to experience the manifest presence of God every single day of the week, every single day of our life. Well, you think, well, I don't have Ricardo Sanchez leading worship in my bedroom in the morning when I get up prior to my prayer time. Well, no, you may not have him physically there, but you can add that element to your private time. We talked about the three structures of heaven. You have prayer, you have worship, or you have word, and then you have worship. Worship is supposed to be a part of our daily prayer time. Worship is supposed to be a part of what we do, our interaction, our private time with God. It's a part of our worship service on Sundays. It should be a part of our personal time with him. You know, it's a whole lot easier to do now these days than it was when I grew up. I, we had, you know, the, the artists, the Christian artists we had when I grew up were, were a little bit different. We had guys like Carmen, and Carmen's cool. I don't know if anybody, a few people laugh, so somebody remembers Carmen. Carmen's cool. I like listening to Carmen, but you can't worship to like, 
Satan, bite the dust. Like, you can't, you can't worship to that. Like, Carmen's great, but you just can't. Or Ray Bolts. Anybody remember Ray Bolts? No, less amens on that one. Ray Bolts is great, but I can't worship to Ray Bolts. But now we have artists like Ricardo Sanchez who write songs that give us an opportunity to, to worship, that, that lead us into worship, like moving forward and, 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 and it's not over. These songs that we can sing that, that give us an opportunity to, to help lead us into the manifest presence of God. Guess what? There's this really cool thing, this, this new idea, this new concept called a CD. And you stick it into like this little slot and it plays music. You can go purchase one out in the lobby when you leave today of Ricardo Sanchez to help lead you into worship. I feel like I'm a little behind the times, right? Like CDs aren't as, but you can still use CDs. They do still work, I promise. My car still has one. But we can create these opportunities for worship at the beginning of our private time with God. And what's happening is it's activating the manifest presence of God. And then when we pray, and then when we read his word, it's the, the benefits of the goodness of God are, are, are a part of that prayer time and a part of reading his word. That's why it's important for us to experience the manifest presence of God every single day so that he can go with us throughout the day. We don't just have it on Sunday and try to make it throughout the week on that experience. We can have that same experience every single day and take him with us. I want the manifest presence of God in my life every single day. We're going to transition as I start to wind down. I want to invite the worship team to come. And the worship team's going to come, and they're going to lead us in, in a time of worship to close out the day. And, and here's why I want them to come. Because sometimes it's really great to take something that we, we embrace and something that we hear and apply it in the moment. And so we're going to close out the day with a time of worship in hopes that we'll be able to take this idea and this concept of the manifest presence of God being active in our life and experience it today, right here, right now, before we leave. But we talked a minute ago about the benefits of God and the blessings of God that come when the manifest presence of God is there. And relationship with God, our relationship with God is a give-give relationship. What that means is it's not one-sided. I don't just give to God and then he sits up on his throne, crosses his feet and says, hey, thanks for the gift. I appreciate it. Good job. God gives back. It's a it's, it's cycle. It's, I give to God, God gives back. I give to God, God gives back. And so God gives benefits to us. And what are the benefits that God gives to us? Well, how does that work? Well, there's an analogy in scripture that I think helps kind of explain and help us understand what that looks like. And it comes from Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 9. Now, you're thinking, all right, this scripture is Old Testament. How does that work? Let me explain this. Everything that's in the Old Testament is given to us as an example for today. There are parallels in the Old Testament for us to experience and be able to, to have active in our life today. And so the scripture, it's going to sound weird and it's not going to make sense. You're going to be like, all right, how does that work? Let me read it and then we'll explain. You ready? So Ezekiel 46, 9 says, when the people of the Lord come before, or excuse me, when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed festivals, whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate. And whoever enters by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return through the gate by which they entered but each is to go out the opposite gate. So you're like, all right, why'd you read the scripture to us about logistics and going in and out? There's one important word that we kind of ran over a little bit a second ago that, that, is, that, that is a part of the scripture. And it says, whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate. So he says, if you come in one gate to worship, if you're coming to worship and you come in one gate, I don't want you to go back out that same gate. I want you to go out a different gate. So let's modernize it. It's going to be like, 
115 degrees when we walk outside in a few minutes. It'd be like me saying, hey guys, if you came in this door, I don't want you to come in this door, or I, want you to, I don't want you to come out that door, I want you to go out this door. And I want you to walk all the way around the building to get to your car. Vice versa. If you came in this door, I don't want you to go out this door. I want you to go out this one and then walk all the way around the building to get to your car. You guys are going to be like, dude, you're insane. It's 115 degrees outside. I want to walk in the cool. I want to walk in the air conditioner. Can I get an amen? I love air conditioner. Thank you, Lord. But here's the thing. So why did God say this? I mean, if it's logistics, like we could just come in and turn around and go back out the same door. Because the people who come in the other gate are going out that door. What is the reason? Well, I think God is trying to, trying to show us something, trying to give us an example of something that is absolutely amazing, something that's really beautiful. You see, when the, when the children of Israel went in to worship God, they had to go through a process before they, got into, before they got into the spot where God's presence was and where they could worship. They had to sacrifice some things. They had to lay some things down at the side. They had to get rid of some things before they came into and experienced the manifest presence of God. So what I think God is saying here is when you come in those doors, you're going to lay some things down at that door. You're going to sacrifice some things at that door. I don't want you going back out that door because if you go back out that same door, your stuff is going to be sitting there as you walk out. And it's a whole lot easier to pick it up as I'm walking out the door and walking right by it. Think about it this way. I have a, I have a suitcase. And in my suitcase is all my junk, all my hurt all my chaos, all my worry, all my pain, my scars, it's all in that suitcase. And I carry it with me to church every day. And I walk to that door and I set it down at the door because I can't bring it into the presence of God. And so I set it out that door. God says, I don't want you to go back through that door because that suitcase is gonna be waiting on you as soon as you walk out. So I think God says it to get us away from the stuff that we're gonna leave at the door. But not only that, When we come into the presence of God, when you enter the presence of God, it is impossible for you to leave the same way that you came. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're you're, you're dealing with, the hurts, the family member that lied to you and isolated you or the scars from from our past and our parents not being there or or the worry of God, where's the money going to come from? How are we going to make it through? Or the fear of my future, God, what's going to happen to me? What's next? Or the doubt of God, God, can you even do this? All of these things have to be left outside. And God doesn't want us to walk back by and pick them up on our way out. We're laying it all down, we're putting it there, and we're going to walk out the other door away from it. And we're going to leave different than the way we came. There's no need for you today in this room to leave the way that you came. The reality is that we all go through stuff throughout the week. We all have chaos and our minds are racing and troubles and worries. And there's no need for you to leave with all of that. You can have a manifest, an experience with the manifest presence of God, the the representation of the presence of God here today before we leave. And you can leave it all to the side and you can walk out another door changed and walk out different than the way that you came. And so in closing, I invite you to stand with me. And Ricardo is going to lead us in the praise team. They're going to lead us in worship one more time. And I want you to, I want you to take what we've talked about. And I want you, I want you to, to speak God's love language. I want you to put him number one and say, God, I'm willing to push everything else to the side and put you at the top. Focus on you. And in the process, leave different. And here's the second thing. I want our, our prayer partners to come. I'd like to invite prayer partners to come down to the front. Our prayer partners are here. 
because we talked about things change in the presence of God and you don't have to leave the same. Our prayer partners are here for you to pray with. If you have a need and you walked in with something today, come talk to them. Tell them about it. You don't have to spill your guts and tell everything that's going on. Just say, I have a need. This is my need. Let's pray for it. And watch the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, deliver the benefits that God wants you to experience. And in our time of worship, as we wrap up the day, I encourage you to envelop yourself in worship, envelop yourself in, in focusing on God, and maybe even looking clamorously foolish for Him because you want to activate the benefits of the manifest presence of God. I'm going to pray for you. And when we're done praying for you, when I'm done praying, Ricardo's going to lead us in worship. And I invite you to sing, to lift your voice, to raise your hands in worship to Him. Don't leave the same way you came. You don't have to. His presence is here to change you. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the benefits and power and victory yes. and things that come from your presence, your manifest presence. And God, we're asking you here now to, to make your presence known, to make your presence manifest here so we can experience the benefits of a closer relationship with you. Whatever we walked into it today, whatever chaos we walked in and trials and troubles and tribulations, whatever we walked in with today, God, we don't have to leave with it. And so I ask that you help us as we sing, as we lift our voice to you, to worship wholeheartedly and completely to you. I invite you, come down to the Visit the Prayer Partners. Come spend some time in prayer with them and experience the blessings of God today. You are love. You bring light to the dark.